Where had the new mother gone? She forgot to feed her newborn, and now the nurses could not find her anywhere. She had also forgotten to feed the baby or change its diaper the day before. If this was how things were going at the hospital, what was to come when the mother and her daughter were released? Welcome back. I'm Cassie, and this is A Wicked World. The story I have for you today is another one out of Queensland, Australia, which means another measly sentence for a horrible crime. Or crimes this time. Sadly, this story is about two little girls who were needlessly murdered. This is the story of Darcy Helen and Chloe Ann Conley. Darcy Helen Conley was born on May 15, 2017, and her younger sister, Chloe Ann Conley, was born on October 10, 2018. They were both born in Logan, Queensland, Australia. Their mother's name is Carrie Ann Conley, and Darcy's father's name is Peter Jackson, while Chloe's biological father is unknown. These little girls were said to have big personalities, and they were two peas in a pod. Chloe and Darcy were the best of friends. Darcy had a very caring heart. She loved cuddling, giving kisses, and just like any other toddler, she was a little bit mischievous. And Chloe, while she was still very young, was known to be a very happy and giggly baby. In 2016, Carrie Ann Conley started a relationship with Peter Jackson. They would end up having Darcy in 2017, and the couple would split only a few months after she was born. Carrie Ann had been taking Darcy out in the middle of the night, and Peter had gotten sick of it. He had also found a meth pipe in the house. Now, when Darcy was only a day old and her mother and her were still in the hospital, Carrie Ann had to be told by nurses to change her baby girl's diaper as well as when she needed to feed her. The same day, Carrie Ann would also disappear from the maternity ward altogether, and this greatly concerned the hospital staff. And this would keep happening while they were at the hospital for the three days or so after Darcy had been born. Carrie Ann would keep forgetting to feed her, and she would suddenly disappear for a few hours and then just mysteriously return. So due to this, a social worker from Child Protective Services went to check on Carrie Ann and Darcy. But Carrie Ann declined any services that were offered to her that might assist her. Instead, when Carrie Ann and Darcy were discharged from the hospital... Carrie Ann said that she would go back and make an appointment to see a social worker, as well as attend Darcy's pediatrician appointment. She didn't either, though. Within months of Darcy's birth, there were reports made to child safety, stating that Carrie Ann had been in two, if not three, accidents while Darcy was in the back seat. These had been caused by her passing out at the wheel because she was high on methamphetamines. Yes, she loved meth. Don't most of them. Darcy would finally be removed from her mother's care in October of 2017, when more reports came into child safety, saying that Carrie was using methamphetamine and she was now taking Darcy out in the middle of the night and nobody knew where they had gone. The caller also said that Carrie Ann was constantly asking people for money to buy Darcy formula. 
And they said that Carrie Ann would stay awake for days on end before passing out. And then when she got up again, she would go look for drugs immediately. So once Peter found out that his daughter, Darcy, had been taken away, he was livid with Carrie Ann. Darcy had been placed into foster care, and Peter was now trying to do everything that he could to gain custody of his daughter. However, Peter had never actually been put on Darcy's birth certificate, so he would have to get a DNA test in order to prove that he was her father. And even if he had gotten this DNA test, it still would have been difficult for him to obtain custody of Darcy because Carrie Ann had been making domestic violence allegations against Peter. Friends of Peter and Carrie Ann would say that they never saw any signs of domestic violence in their relationship. So even though Peter was not able to gain full custody of his daughter, he was given one hour a week of visitation. Yeah, that's it. Just one hour a week. Then baby Darcy was returned to her mother after Carrie Ann had been off of drugs for some time and had passed several drug tests. And Carrie Ann and Peter had moved back in together, though they weren't currently dating. So, in order for Darcy to come home, Carrie Ann had agreed to be a party to an intervention with parental agreement, an IPA, essentially allowing child services to work with Carrie Ann while Darcy still lived at home instead of its daycare. Due to this agreement, somebody had to be with Carrie Ann and Darcy at all times. They could not be left alone together. Shortly after this, Carrie Ann would tell Peter that she was pregnant again. However, he was not the father. She was unsure who was. But Peter, being a good guy and having hopes for him, Carrie Ann, and Darcy being a family one day, stepped up and said that he would take care of the new baby, whether he was the father or not. In July of 2018, a few months before Chloe was born, Child Safety Services would close the IPA because Carrie Ann suddenly withdrew her consent and refused to work with them. This was despite her not having completed or complied, so apparently Child Safety just let this happen and they did not remove Darcy from her care again. And when Chloe Ann was born in October of 2018, Staff at Logan Hospital raised concerns with the Child Protection Unit. They noted that yet again, while Carrie Ann was in the maternity ward, there had been long periods of her being completely absent, leaving little Chloe completely unattended. And hospital staff also had concerns that she was not properly bonding with Chloe. So after Chloe's birth, Peter and Carrie Ann were no longer living together. However, Peter would take both of the girls on the weekends, and sometimes Carrie Ann would sleep over his house as well. Now, Peter, who was a trucker, was driving home one night in November of 2019 when he heard from a friend that there was a drug party going on at Carrie Ann's house. Immediately, he drove right there because he knew that his daughters were in the house. When Peter arrived at Carrie Ann's, he went inside and saw that people were laying all over the place, passed out from the drugs. He also noticed that there was drug paraphernalia everywhere. The girls were in their room down the hall. However, their door had not been shut. They were only being held in by a baby gate, which means that all the methamphetamine that had been smoked in the house that night, they had been exposed to. Peter, who was infuriated with Carrie Ann, tried to take both girls home with him that night. 
She would not let him take Chloe. However, she let him take Darcy and told him that she would bring Chloe over the following day. She would never end up showing up. Peter, however, did get a text message from Carrie Ann saying that she had accidentally left Chloe in the car as she was about to bring her to Peter's house. And this message seemed rather nonchalant, with Carrie saying, oops, like it was no big deal. What had happened was apparently Carrie Ann had put Chloe in the car along with her stuff to bring her over to Peter's house. But Carrie Ann had forgot something in the house, so she quickly ran in to grab it. But apparently when she walked back into the house, she accidentally fell asleep. If you're just going in to get something, you probably wouldn't be laying down, but what do I know? So she ended up leaving Chloe out in the car alone for hours on end while she slept inside. Peter reported this incident to Child Safety Services, as well as the fact that he had to bring Darcy to the doctors over fear that she had been exposed to meth. We'll be right back. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. And as a side note, while Darcy was at the doctor's, the doctor was also concerned because the little girl looked awfully thin and pale. She was two years old at this point, but the doctor would find out that her diet was primarily just cow's milk at two. So now even more worried, Peter's sister and mother would also call child safety services to report their concerns. However, Child Safety Services did not take these reports seriously. They said that they simply stemmed from a custody dispute, so they did not view the information as credible, even though there had also been a doctor who had noted his concerns about Darcy's well-being. So despite all these reports and warning signs, Child Safety Services deemed Carrie Ann to be a willing and able parent, and nothing was done. Nothing. And a report from Child Safety Services that was later reviewed would say that caseworkers did not look into it because of their high workload demands. Now, Peter still had Darcy in his care, but after receiving multiple harassing text messages from Carrie Ann's family and friends, he would return his daughter back to her. He really had no choice in the matter legally, as he had no custodial rights, and as I said, he wasn't even on Darcy's birth certificate. After dropping off his daughter, which was extremely hard to do, knowing the environment that she would be subjected to, Peter contacted a lawyer to try to gain custody of his daughter and scheduled an appointment to meet with him on the 26th. Then, on November 23rd, Peter was unable to get in contact with Carrie Ann. And it was a Saturday, which was normally the day that he would go over to see the girls. He tried calling over and over, at least a dozen times, but Carrie Ann was still not answering. Then shortly before 1.30 p.m., Carrie Ann would finally call Peter back, but his relief from receiving the phone call would not last very long. The first thing that Carrie Ann said to Peter was that she had accidentally fallen asleep inside the house and left the girls in the car alone. 
He asked her how long and if they were breathing. She said nothing to the first question and answered no to the second. Peter yelled at her to immediately call an ambulance. She did, but apparently it took somebody telling her to do so. Peter would then get in his car and fly over to Carrie Ann's. He arrived before the ambulance even did. And when he got there, he ran into Carrie Ann's house to hear the shower turned on. Upon entering the bathroom, Peter saw Chloe and Darcy in the shower with Carrie Ann, who was trying to revive them. So both Peter and Carrie Ann would try to perform CPR on the girls until the first responders arrived. And when Peter asked his former partner how long the girls had been alone in the car, Carrie Ann lied to him and said only an hour. Peter would later say it's a good thing she lied to him at the time. But it had actually been much longer than that. The previous night on November 22nd, Around 11.30 p.m., after two-year-old Darcy and 18-month-old Chloe had gotten a few hours of sleep, their mother woke them up and put them in the car so that she could go over to a friend's house to use some drugs. Once they got there, the girls would be laid down in the friend's back bedroom so that they could get some more sleep. And around 4 a.m., Carrie Ann decided it was time to leave and put the girls back in the car and drove home. She would arrive home about 10 minutes later. And once she got home, the girls were sleeping again. Not wanting to wake them, Carrie Ann decided to leave them, strapped into their car seats, and go back into the house. And at the time, all the car doors and windows were closed, and the car was parked under no cover. Carrie Ann did not go right to sleep, however, when she went back in the house. She would play around on her phone until 5.55 a.m. And then selfishly, she would decide to go to sleep after that. Instead of, you know, going back up to the car and bringing her daughters in, who at this point have now gotten about a full night's sleep because they've been sleeping pretty much the whole time with a few wake-ups here and there. She just went to sleep and left them there. She was awake for uh, over an hour and a half playing around on her phone. She could have gone to get them at any time, but she didn't. And the sun had risen at 5 a.m. that day. The car was now in direct sunlight on a hot November day. Carrie Ann would sleep until 1 p.m. that day. And around 1.20 p.m., a full nine hours after Carrie Ann had gone back into her house, she would finally go back out to her car to get her girls. But by this time, it was much too late. Prior to her phone call to Peter, so between 1.20 p.m. when the girls were found and 1.30 p.m. when she did call him, Carrie Ann was seen on CCTV, walking outside of her house and carrying a small plastic bag to her trash can. This small plastic bag would later be discovered to have drug residue as well as drug baggies in it. So before she even decided to call Peter or an ambulance, Carrie Ann was worried about herself and trying to get rid of her drug paraphernalia so that she wouldn't get in trouble for that. Well, girlfriend, you're going to get in a hell of a lot of trouble for leaving your children in the car. Like, how are you going to explain that? The drug paraphernalia? Probably much easier to explain away. When the girls had been found that afternoon, their skin was hot to the touch, badly blistered, and was peeling away as the paramedics performed CPR on them. The temperatures they had been exposed to that day meant they had died of vehicular hyperthermia, 
This was a November day in Queensland, and the max temperature in the area that day was 91 degrees Fahrenheit or 33 degrees Celsius. And the temperatures in the car had been much higher at around 140 degrees Fahrenheit or 60 degrees Celsius. The precise time of death for either girl could not be determined. 27-year-old Carrie Ann Conley was arrested and charged with two counts of murder as well as two drug-related charges for the paraphernalia that she had been seen throwing away on CCTV camera. And she was actually the first person to be charged under the state's expanded definition of murder, which includes reckless indifference to human life. Willow Dunn, whose story I covered a little while back, her father was actually the second one to be charged in that manner. Carrie Ann would initially tell the police that she had fallen asleep at a friend's house around 1 a.m. It would not drive back to the house with the girls until late morning. When she arrived home, Carrie Ann said that she simply had to run into the house quickly to grab some clothes and diapers for the girls to bring them over to Peter's. So she left the girls in the car because she was only going to be gone for a few minutes and they were sleeping. But she claims that as soon as she got into the bedroom to retrieve these items, she had fallen right asleep. And after Chloe and Darcy's deaths, it would be discovered in a child safety report from 2018 that Carrie Ann had actually said she wanted to trade her unborn baby, Chloe, for an iPhone. And she herself had later told Child Safety Services that she used methamphetamine, but nothing had been done. And it was discovered that police had failed to tell Child Safety Services about Carrie Ann's methamphetamine use, which they knew about. Carrie Ann would go to trial in February of 2023. She had originally been charged with murder. However, that would be downgraded as she took a plea deal when she arrived in court that day. With this deal, Carrie Ann pled guilty to two counts of manslaughter. And Peter Jackson was told that the reason why she had been given the plea deal is because murder would be hard to prove. Yep, just like Hemi Goodwin-Burke's story. It would be difficult to prove. I mean, this one I can see being a little bit harder to prove than his story, but come on. And Carrie Ann would also plead guilty to her other drug possession charges. During her sentence hearing, Justice Peter Applegarth said that Carrie Ann had shown gross criminal negligence, saying, you decided to leave the children in the car for a completely inadequate reason. It was not a momentary lapse. He also said he could not bear to think of the possibility of the children suffering in the car for hours, and hopefully they had succumbed to the growing heat of the day much earlier that morning and faded into a deep sleep, which they never woke up from. The alternative of them being awake, distressed, and trapped in their seats is just too much to bear. The judge would also say to Carrie Ann that a previous statement that she had made, saying that she only used meth recreationally and that her children always came first, was absolutely absurd and only a statement that a drug addict could make. Further stating that meth always comes first, even before a person's own children. And in this case, it led to the death of two young girls. It also came out in court that Carrie Ann had an abusive childhood and had been diagnosed in custody with major depressive disorder, as well as psychosocial stress, resulting from the guilt she had for killing her two daughters. Carrie Ann said that the guilt was eating her alive, and throughout the proceedings, she was wiping away tears. 
At the time of her sentencing, Carrie Ann had spent nearly three years and three months in jail, most of it in protective custody. And the justice decided that that would be counted as time served. Carrie Ann Conley was sentenced to nine years in jail for the manslaughter charges. And for the drug charges, she was given no further punishment. And on top of that, she will be eligible for parole on November 22nd, 2024. So less than a year from now. For killing two children. Two. It's insane. Now, had Carrie Ann actually been convicted on her original charges of murder? Under Queensland law, she would have served a mandatory non-parole period of 30 years. That plea deal was insanely lenient. Why? Speaking briefly outside of court, Peter Jackson said he was obviously not happy with the sentence and he misses the girls' laughs, their giggles, just everything about them. He also could not conceive why his former girlfriend had been able to enter a plea to a lesser charge of manslaughter. He said, I still think it should be murder. She should have gotten the 30 years because I don't think it's fair. These were defenseless children. An inquest into child safety's actions, or lack of, that led to the death of Chloe and Darcy? The chief coroner will examine child safety's decision to return Darcy to her mother, along with other aspects of the case. And Darcy's father, Peter, is now pursuing legal action against Queensland's child safety services. He's seeking damages for personal injury he said he incurred after his daughter's death. Since then, Peter has sustained nervous shock, post-traumatic stress disorder, and severe anxiety. He believes the girls would still be alive today if it were not for Queensland's child safety services failings. Child Safety Services knew that Carrie Ann used meth. They knew that she drove around high with Darcy in the car. They knew that she had left Chloe in the car unattended for a long period of time. And she had refused to do drug tests multiple times. Why was something not done sooner? To remember Darcy and Chloe and mourn the loss of these two sweet and happy little girls, People began leaving stuffed animals, flowers, and other mementos in front of the home where the little girls had once lived. And everyone in the community had been deeply saddened by the horrific deaths these little girls had suffered. Well, thank you for listening to all of Darcy and Chloe's stories today. The punishments in Australia for murdering a child are far too lenient. It's unbelievable how little time so many of these monsters get. But whether Carrie Ann left the girls in the car to die intentionally or not, we may never know. Did she actually intend to go get the girls before she fell asleep? I feel like no, she probably did not have the intentions of going to get them. Had she? Why was she playing on her phone for almost two hours instead of going to get them when the sun came up? It also seemed like it was very close to the time where Peter had again started to try to get custody of his daughter. And this time, he had a lot of proof of Carrie Ann fucking up. But what do you think about this one? Did she do it on purpose? What an awful and horrific way for these little girls to die. As the judge said, hopefully they suffered as little as possible. So if you do like true crime and you want to hear it from me, 
then don't forget to hit that subscribe button below and turn on those notifications too so you'll know when I upload a new video, which is two to three times every week. Thanks for watching A Wicked World today. Until next time, take care guys. Bye. Thank you for being patrons of A Wicked World. Adina, Allie, Amy, Angela, Angie, Beatrice, Carrie, Catherine, Danielle D, Danielle H, Drew, Frank, Hannah Rama, Hannah, Kara, Lori, Linda B, Linda M, Marion, Mary, Mel, Melissa, MJ Kelly, Neoma, Power 31312, Ray, Shayna, Cheyenne, Stephanie, Susan, Suzanne, Tammy B, and Tammy S. You guys rock. Now, there's even more of a wicked world on Patreon. You'll have access to exclusive videos each month and more. Any support truly helps to make sure the victims never get forgotten and to highlight the shortcomings of society associated with each case. So check it out at patreon.com slash a wicked world or use the Patreon.